Mr. Pop. I'd never ever go to an over 28 club, even when I'm 50. Come oh on, was I wrong? This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. Hi everyone, welcome to Ruck and Roll. My name's Kevin Hillier and with me as always, Brian Mannix, the rock star portion of the program. Hello, Brian. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And Mark Fine, the sensible, uh, you know, well-educated, lives in a good suburb part of the program. Hello, Fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Howdy. Howdy, y'all. Now, I actually, uh, thanks for having me on the program. I'll see you later. I'm going to leave it to you two. Who would have thought Bulldogs on top all year versus Essendon struggling to make the eight and they end up first week of the finals. Hilly has been manic in a knock them down winner takes all. Fair Ooh. fight, gentlemen. Fair fight. Well, of course, for a fair fight, Kevin, you're going to have to start in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, you know, Brian and I are very sensible and very, uh, you know, well, well rounded in terms of where football sits in the in the pantheon of our life. So we'd, we're not sort of, you know, a, a feral and stupid and ridiculous about it, are we? You little short ass pain in the neck. I don't want it in a cage. <laughs> well, if you're not feral and stupid, then you can't go to Adelaide. <laughs> Correct. Well, fortunately, we're playing this in Tassie. There's a, there's a novel little oh, twist. Tassie, is it? Yeah. Oh, in Tassie. That's, yeah, of course. Oh, well. Traditional, <laughs> traditional, um, uh, you know, meeting place of the uh, the bombers and uh, bulldog supporters. It, it, it's really, it, it, I mean, it is so weird when you think there are no finals in Melbourne. There are two finals in Tasmania and two finals in Adelaide. It's it's a it's a most bizarre weekend. Well, it, it's also odd. There are two finals in Adelaide and none in Hobart. Oh yeah, right. They're both in Launceston. Yeah, I thought you know two finals in Tasmania, one in Zion and one in. Penguin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, goodness me. Uh, how are you feeling about the footy, Brian? We'll, we'll attack that first up and then we'll get to the chart because I think we're going to spend a bit of time on this this chart because it's an interesting one. How are you feeling about the finals and your bombers and they made it in? And <laughs> after what you said, hey, listen, I keep getting uh, text messages and email messages and, and messages on our Rock and Roll Facebook page about playing back uh, comments you made earlier in the year about Ben Rutten and about the Bombers and about where they were going and about how you're feeling about them. Well, all I can say is I was wrong, Kev, and I'm a big enough man to say that. I did what Rutten sacked after round one. But, um, <laughs> he's, 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 he's grown a lot since then. He's become a much better coach, and I'm very happy with him. I'm very happy with the team. I didn't expect to make the final, so that's a real bonus. And, you know, we're coming into some pretty good form. We might actually upset the Bulldogs this week. I think Who you, knows? I think you play. I, I think you're a good team to watch play. Funny, you like watching the Bombers because I do. Very much so. Yeah. Really, the way they play now with two manic Peter up in the forward line. Yeah. You're about, you're about two manic tall, isn't <laughs> yes, it? would be <laughs> two um, two manic Peter. I really like that. Uh. Uh, it, you know, I mean, the midfield team great. I, I've got a feeling because they, mm-hmm. are they going to play McDonald, Tip, and Woody? They may, or they may not. No, I, well, I, I, he's, I, he's got mental problems. I think. Well, it's it's per, it, it's personal problems. Um, they haven't. Yeah. I don't think they've said what it is. But uh, yeah, I, I'd be surprised if he plays because 
they're going to bring Langford back in. I know that much. Yeah. And I reckon I know who they're going to drop too. Who? Dylan Seals. Yeah, I've not had a feeling you'd say that, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he, doesn't, he hasn't done anything since he's come back and he doesn't use the ball particularly well. I thought no. Clark, I thought Clark played well and he's a, he's a tagger, so he's important. And yeah. I never thought I'd say this. In fact, I can't believe I'm about to say a sentence that I thought nobody would ever say, but Cutler deserves his spot in the team. Yes. And, yeah, he's good. He's real good. Well, um, he's, he's playing well. He hasn't been good for two, three years at Essendon, but he's come good at the right time. Well, that's the best thing about Rutten, but they've all seem to have got a bit better under Rutten. Like, correct. Yeah. Correct. That, that's, that's, why I didn't, that's why I didn't like Worsfold, because... Nobody seemed to get any better. They just go out and play, and that was the end of it. But you can see that each week they're improving. They're understanding what the game plan is, and that. Hey, so that's good. Finally, can I ask well, a question? The, because the, you, the clue was in Worthfold's name. Worthful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, finally, uh, I know you watch, you analyse these things far in far greater detail than I do, but it just strikes me that Essendon's the classic case of everyone now knows what exactly it is that they have to do and they actually, uh, much much uh, overused cliche, but they are all role players and they're actually playing their role and it's working. Yes. You know what? That is spot on and I tell you what, Ben Rutten could teach – I reckon Ben Rutten could teach my dog to shit in the toilet, which, which I, desperately, I desperately need because the math just doesn't work out with these two dogs. I'm telling you, they could have been at the Olympics sitting for Australia. They would have won gold. Well, like, did you, I guarantee. Your dogs didn't happen to walk in Hopper's Crossing this morning, did they? Because whoever, whoever walked their dog before me this morning when I was walking Benny, my God, they're a podium finish with your two dogs then because this, this dog that was out this morning was – every piece of footpath had some sort of footprint of this dog on it somewhere. Every time I clean up the every time I clean up the dog shit, which is constantly <laughs> the song that goes through my mind is it's a production line at double time. <laughs> you know, I mean they are shooting all night long. I cannot work it out anyhow. <laughs> ben Russell has been able to teach Devin Smith to be unselfish. So he really yes. should come over here and teach my dogs to crack in yeah. the toilet because yeah. I thought that was impossible. Yes, yeah. I'm, with, I'm with you there. I've never been a fan of his, but I've actually watched him the last couple and thought he's played really in a different, totally a different manner. Yeah, he's, absolutely. It, it, it just shows the mindset. I mean, he's got Laverde playing as a great backman. Yeah. He's got Parrish in the right position. He's pressed the right buttons with Peter Wright. Yep. yep. This bloke... And let, let's be honest, the way the handover was done, he was coming off 40 metres in trotting parlance. Yeah. This bloke is the coach of the year for mine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't disagree Absolutely with that. Absolutely coach of the year. Yeah, wouldn't disagree I'm, with I'm that. I'm sorry, you had some real basket cases there at Essendon and some, and some guys that were sort of cruising through their careers and, and getting good money not putting – out what they should have, and every one of them now is on board. Well done, Ben. Yeah, yeah. I like the fact that they're playing with urgency now. It, it looks yeah. like it means something to the win, whereas last year they just sort of go through the motions. Oh, I've done the process, so you know, fair luck we lost. Who cares? Yeah. If you get knocked out, you still got these young guys, Cox and O'Brien and and um, 
Jones, Harry Jones. You know, you've got a lot of good young talent anyhow. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, look at well, hell. That's so friggin' typical. You know, my whole family based for Essendon. I was supposed uh-huh. to be in Essendon supporter, but we, the family moved from that side of town to McKinnon, so I'm just up as St Kilda supporter. This is so typical. I will <laughs> wait. St Kilda will win a flag the day after I die, and I'll have to sit through seven or eight Essendon flags on the way through. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Well, let's let's do. Let's stay on the footy and talk about uh, the final tally for the tips for the year. Let's get to that. Uh, congratulations, uh, Finey. Uh, well done. Uh, round of applause from. And finished and finished with a with a uh, you know went out big time too with a seven in the last round and my god what a last round that was because um, yeah. that seven yeah. could easily have been four or or yeah. uh, my four could easily have been eight um, but it was only four uh, and Brian mm. you you really did come home with a wet sail I have to say six in the in the last round so you you, you cracked well the hundred hundred and five hundred and five you finished up with. I got four for 118, and uh, finally, uh, the figures of the day, seven for 124, and a, a very comfortable win in the tipping in the end. And the Del- You know what? Yeah. Australia would be wrecked with that at the end of those points. Seven for 124. Yeah, they would. The way they're batting at the moment. <laughs> My God, Father. Uh, and uh, the Del Monte tip of the week uh, definitely went to you, Brian. You pulled Port Adelaide out of your clacker, and uh, and they got up, of course. Um, oh, but- they did. They led for all of yeah. about two and a half seconds in the game and managed to get the four points. There you go. Was I the only one that picked the Saints? Uh, let me go down the Saint. No. Finally went first no, and killed her. No, yeah, no. No. no there was uh, only, I'll, tell, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you something about that Port Adelaide win. Mm-hmm. As much as you're right, I mean, they really came hit the front at the right time. Oh, they were better than us for much more of that game than it looked. I, I was going to say, they – I just had grave concerns about the doggies, unfortunately, without Bruce. I mean, yeah. yep. not playing Jamara Hagen means that there's too much focus on Norton, and, and he's a very good player, but he's not going to beat two, two opponents. You know, and Essendon have got Ridley and – and um, Laverde yeah. that, that dropped back and Redmond and I think know. I think every forward line in the competition has worked out that they're a bit like the Beatles. Individually, they are pretty good, but when you put the the ensemble together, it's it's unbeatable. And the ensemble of Norton, uh, Bruce, and whoever was the third, whether it was Eugle Hagen or Tim English or Mitch Hannon, whoever even it was, Mitch, even Mitch Hannon, yeah, if it was him or whoever, didn't yeah. matter. They chimed in and did well, but uh, yeah, one yeah. one out on their own when the sol- the solo stuff ain't working. I think it's the same with all key four. Yeah, I, do, I agree. You know, you know that. Peter Wright is only doing as well as he's done. He's doing very well, but there's so much focus on Jake Springer when he goes forward. Peter Wright just sort of sails in at, you know, too manic tie, and that's exactly right. So they've got to come up with something. I don't know what it is, but no, I'm and not, I hope it's I'm not, not sure Jackie. Uh, What's going on with the Bulldogs' luck stock? Well, Steph Martin's been the problem. He's played one game since I think about round six or seven or somewhere around there. Uh, they've got a young bloke oh, that they got- played early in the year called uh, Sweet, who, uh, if, Sweet. who yeah. some reason they haven't, some reason he hasn't uh, bobbed up again yet. I know he's been playing in these scratch matches that they're playing 
um, to get players uh, to keep players in nick um I, well, I, well, hang on what, why is an english bracket I don't know. I've got to be honest with you. I, I've no idea why Bontempelli was rucking when Tim English was standing five metres away from him the other day. Uh, I understand this. I understand they played him forward because you needed that other tall forward. All right, I understand that. Yep. But in the last quarter when they decided to pull him out of the forward line, why did they play him a kick behind the player, not in the ruck? I mean, Lewis Young was forced. I, I thought Lysette was, you know, obviously behind both and wine, close to best on ground, why would you pull him out of the forward line and play him a kick behind the play when clearly the game has been lost at the stoppages? I don't know. Beveridge is a – you know he's never coached the Bulldogs into the top four. Yeah, I know. I didn't realise that until um, the other day. I know we won the flag from seventh, but, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I can only assume that maybe Tim's in, injured slightly or there's something that they're, they're not telling us. I, uh, that's all I can assume. And I, I for the life of me, can't work out. Louis Young's never struck me as being someone who I would have put in the ruck. Um, uh, I would have I would have played him as the alternate forward, but he can take a mark and he's not a bad kick, so I, I was I was surprised by that. I'm going to tell you something about Tim English, mate. Mm-hmm. Life's like a box of chocolates. And so are football teams. They've got hard centres and soft centres. And unfortunately, oh. I think Tim's a soft centre. Right, okay. Mm. okay. I reckon um, that might be a good area for the Bombers because I reckon Sam Draper in the ruck is just killing it. He's not a very accurate kick, but he's in the, as far as a tap ruckman, gee, I reckon he's good. He seems to win most ruck. Contest, I reckon. He's a ripper. And he pulled English's pants down three weeks ago. Yeah, he did too. And you know that he's not interested in girls. He just loves his <laughs> footy because nobody would have that haircut if you're interested in girls. <laughs> you know, it's like, nah, footy's my career. Don't need a girl. I'm just going to concentrate on the footy. Give me a shit haircut. I don't care. Yeah, clearly not a lot of mirrors at his house, I would have thought. Um thought he's an ugly looking thing, but gee, I love <laughs> his ripper. Uh, you know, he killed him. He killed a try to get him before he ever played a game at Essendon. I'm glad you didn't. Oh, he's 400 grand a year. Well, I don't know what we're paying him, but well, no, he's a ripper. we better hang on to him. He's a ripper. He's a beauty. All right, so who are you tipping in this game, Finey? Is it, uh, is it the Bulldogs or are you going for the Bombers? The Bombers. Mm, what about you, Brian? I suppose you'll pick the Bombers, will you? Oh, I think you're right, yes. Really? Yes. Oh, yes, lock him in. Man who called for the coach to be sacked after round one, so you you know you don't have any conscience about you know picking them when the just because they've fallen I'm into the finals. The to get a, I'm calling for the coach to get a bonus. <laughs> yeah, bonus, all right. Uh, bone this, Brian. Uh, the other qualifying <laughs> final. Um, well, is, who are you going for? Are you going for the Bombers or the Dogs? Oh no, I think the Bombers will win it easily. No, of course I'm going for the Dogs. You buffhead. <laughs> um, the uh, that's the first elimination final. The second elimination final uh, is on the Saturday, so we should look at the Saturday. Oh, actually, we should look at the Friday night game first too. Port Adelaide and G Long Adelaide Oval Friday night double chance. Uh, gee, where's that hard one to pick? Uh, I'm going to go Port Adelaide to Mr. Fine. I'm going Port Adelaide. That is going to be a ripping game. I just yeah, predict, so. you know, Port Adelaide has very close games against teams around them on the ladder. If they win, which they don't often do, um, it's going to be close. And I think they might just get over the line. Yeah, I, th- I think they might too. Uh, Brian? Yeah. Port Adelaide, Geelong? Well, 
in an ideal world, I'd like both of them to lose because I do not want to see Geelong in another grand final. I'm sick of them. And I don't like Port, so I hope they both bow out quickly. But um, I'll you say... You should love Joel Selwood, mate. <laughs> hey? All right, you should love Joel Selwood. Well, why? Because you could hire him to, to knock off Daniel Andrews and seeing Joel Selwood, he'd get off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> He's your man. He, he could do any assassination. No, 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 no you've got to let him off. <laughs> um, I'll go for. Uh, I'll, I'll say that. Um, have they got a crowd at Adelaide? Have they let people in? Yeah, limited though. I think it's fifteen thousand. Uh, look, I'm going to home crowd the umpires for Adelaide. That's a combined IQ of fourteen. Yeah, I'm saying they've got a they've got an IQ test on the way into the Adelaide Oval. It's called a turnstile. <laughs> if you can get through that, you're allowed in. <laughs> yeah, most of them just what happened? I don't know. I was walking in, next thing I'm outside again. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the uh, second elimination final is on Saturday between uh, the Swans and the Giants, being played. At the University of Tasmania Stadium, of course it is. Um, uh, nothing would surprise us these days. I like the Swannies. Uh, I do like the Giants, and Toby Green will be back, I suppose, and I'll uh, maybe filter another couple in. But I do think the Swannies are um, uh, looking all right. Who survives this one for you, Finey? Well, this game has potential to have some of the most watchable moments in football history in them. By the way, with Buddy. Mumford could be lining up in his final game. He oh. does absolutely reserve, for some reason, particular vigour against Sydney, his former team. And when he played for Sydney, he had particular anger against Geelong, his former team. Yeah, he did too. Now, Mumford is not the sort of man I expect to exit stage left without people knowing that he's leaving. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, looking forward, I'm, I'm looking forward to who he accidentally knocked out on purpose. It'll be old-fashioned, I'll tell you. Um, you know, you know, CWS has been bloody good, and I'm going to tip them to win. Okay. They often go well against Sydney. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, you right know, he might have the same. He might have the same theory. They, Lazar Vinovic's a great bloke, and he missed out the '97 Grand Final because he did his knee <laughs> in the last of the home and away games. Yep. Now, he got interviewed for the. Club fanzine called Marching In. And you know what he said about that grand final if he played? Oh, God, Two no. things would have happened. Yeah. Two things would have happened. Either St Kilda would have won or they would have brought in the order after all. <laughs> <laughs> He's a funny fellow, Lazar. He's a very funny yeah. man. Yeah. Um, and he, a- said, he said, Shane, he said, after kicking one goal, Shane Allen, Shane Allen would have been picking up pieces of himself, not kicking four more. <laughs> uh, and that would not have surprised anybody at all. Uh, yeah, I don't no. think. I, I think if it's if the Swans are up by four or five in that last quarter, Mumford might do some yeah. might do some serious damage. Um, yeah, you'll find out who we didn't like. Yeah, didn't exactly. Melbourne take on the Lions. That's the qualifying. Hey, you're not even giving my tip. Wait a minute. Oh, gee, was sorry, Brian. You haven't either. Remiss of no. me. Remiss of me, no, and I, I apologise, Brian. Okay, well, wait a minute. One, now, me, one metre, this one, is, one metre Peter, as we're now calling you. Right, well, this is a tricky game, and mm. it's very even. Mm. And I'm going to go back to my old theory, whereas if you can't pick the winner, assume that it's rigged. 
So I'll ask you guys, <laughs> which team would the AFL like to see go further in the final? Oh. GWS or the Swans? Geez, that's a good question. Um, that's a good question, Brian. I'm not sure that they would care which the of the Sydney. The, <laughs> I'm going to go to the winner. One. The big, the giant swan. Yeah, I think the AFL would probably prefer the Giants to go further. So I'll go for the Giants. Righto. All right. Good on you. Good on you, Brian. Uh, Melbourne take on Brisbane uh, in the qualifying final. This will be played at the Adelaide Oval. Uh, This is going to be a ripping game too. Uh, Your thoughts, Finey? I'm going to go for, jeez, Brian. I reckon... The Lions got a lot of heart. I really like their heart, but Melbourne's got a lot of class. I, I think that Clayton Oliver is a terrific player. I'm going yeah, yeah. to have to go for Melbourne. It's all it's all working. That back line for Melbourne's working tickety boo. Yeah, and look, Brisbane's midfield can fire, but Melbourne's at the moment does fire. You're spot on, Oliver Petrarca. Yeah, they're going all right, Melbourne. Max Gorn. <laughs> part, part of me, part of me says. I'd love to see them win a flag. But gee, it'd be so unfortunate to do it in a year your fans can't watch it. Yeah. How unfair would that yeah. be? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, oh, I can see you bleeding so on the floor. And I think they'll win. Yep. Okay. And uh, Mr. Thank Mannix, I won't, I won't forget you this Thank time. Thank you. Well, okay. Now, I've got a theory on this game. Oh, here we go. Um, well, my mate Bartolo, mm-hmm. he reckons, he's quite convinced that Melbourne won't win another game this year. He reckons, because in 1983, when the Bombers won the preliminary final, they over-celebrated. They were thinking, Bartolo Watcher said they're going to lose the grand final because they were just too happy about making, winning the preliminary. And he saw Melbourne carry on the other night, and he reckons, nah, if they're too excited about it, they're going to go in straight there. So that, I'll pick Brisbane. Okay. Well, hang on. They won by – they won it. Didn't you pass the last kick of the day? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that long ago they lost there by 184 points. Well, you know, take this up with Bartolo. He reckons <laughs> you're not going to win another game. <laughs> and he, no, he starts drinking at 11.30 in the morning, Christ. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm worried about your mates that took that bet that North Melbourne would get less Brownlow votes than Dustin Martin. Oh, yeah, he's... Been very quiet lately because he's a reporter. <laughs> he's, um, he's been keeping a very low profile. Yeah. Yeah. His uh, his big old shout the bar winner collect all uh, ticket is not looking too good right now. No. Now I wanted to that. Well, that's the footy done and dust. Anything else you want to say about the football before we leave the footy and move on to the next bit of the program? Well, just can I just say what a week for sport for the Aussies. I mean, I don't know if you followed it. Ash Barty won again in yep, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, yeah. Yep. This morning, I have watched it. I mean, it was such a great effort by Cam, Cameron Smith. He got beaten in a playoff by Tony Seymour in the first of the big tournaments to decide the FedEx Cup. But he, he beat, you know, he, he was partnered with Ram and he beat him home. And he got a 60 yesterday, just missed a 59. He's a ripper, Cam Smith. What a yeah. great player. Yep. So he's well placed to win the FedEx Cup. Ningzi Lee, who won the last major, finished top four in this one. Yep. And Rod Pampley won for the first time on the senior yeah, series. Yeah. Won one and a half million dollars. He's a, he's a ripping fellow, Rod Pampley. Great play. Yeah. Great play. So, you know, they're just kicking goals. And the big thumbs up for the weekend, first of all, I mean, I love West Ham as much as St Kilda. Uh, everybody has to buy a paper. Football paper, English football, 
and keep it forever because have a guess who's on top of the EPL premiership ladder. Oh, you're not, are you? Two games. We've won 4-2 and 4-1. We won 4-1 this morning over Leicester. Very good team. Well, you beat Leicester. I I hadn't caught up with that. We're on top of the EPL. Oh, well, congratulations. There you go. Big thumbs up goes to the German Paralympian team, boys. Now, I saw saw a post that you said you were on them. Have you seen the song that they have as their official song? This happens to be by my favourite band of all time. No, I haven't Ever? seen it. I saw the post. Ramstein. Who? Oh, no. Ramstein. Yeah, so, what's the song? Uh, ich will, which means I want in German. Right. Which is good because they could have gone for other Ramstein songs like Seinsucht, which means jealousy, or Eifersucht, which means no, Eifersucht is jealousy. Right. Same sucked his longing, or they could have gone for book dish, which means bend over. So this is their theme song that they'll uh, walk out into the stadium, is it, is it, or is it just the kind of promotional theme song they've got? It's promotional, but it's their theme song, and they've got rid of the German anthem, and they're going to play from the red side every time they get a goal. Are they really? No, but I wish they would. (laughs) I was going to say, jeez. I'm actually really looking forward to watching uh, the events in the Paralympics, and we're going to get a a truckload of it to watch too. I'm I'm told there's 14 hours of programming will be on that 7 Plus platform. Yeah, I'm more excited about the uh, Paralympics than I have been ever, I think. Um, For some reason this year I know more about the players and the, the Yep. The people, and yeah, I think it's going to be good. Yep. Um, Can I yeah. point you? I, I agree. I'm, re, I'm sort of invested in it. Can I point you to a podcast? Sorry. Remember that story at the Melbourne at, at the Sydney Olympics about the Spanish basketball team that faked a mental uh, disability yes. and won the gold medal. Yes, yes, yes I do. That was one and of the most disgraceful things ever. Inter- people say it's disgraceful, and they have a bit of a snigger about it. Whatever. Do you know what the toll of that has been? I never knew this. No, I don't. Because they did that, the Paralympic movement removed mental disability from the um, from the oh, criteria. Yeah, from the criteria. Because oh, really? they felt it was Yep. Because oh. they felt it was too easily manipulated. And there's a, there's a podcast with um, people with severe learning disabilities and various levels of of um, that form of disability yeah. that have been denied the chance to compete at all sporting levels because of what those bastards did. Oh, really? That's, oh, uh, that's, that is sad. And it's an untold story because it's very hard and, and sort of it, it's a bit of a apparently a, a PC hot potato to, to try and assess people's level of disability yeah. when it's mental disability. Yep. And it really has been very unfair to many athletes who wish they could compete yeah. and, and have a disability but are not recognised because of what those guys did. Oh, yeah. oh that is sad. That's true. What's the what, the podcast, Fanny? Um, now, that's funny because I got it off the BBC. So you go to the BBC website. Yeah. Oh, come on. And just, I, I was just looking, I just used sort of keywords. Um, 
and it was the Sydney Olympics. Um, the Spanish aftermath. Okay. Aftermath. Yep. Spanish basketball. Um, Spanish, Spanish, Spanish basketball controversy. I just was putting those words in, and you quickly get there. Okay. I'll have a listen yeah. to that because that, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's bloody that's criminal almost that to do that. It's actually, it's actually it brought me. It, I actually sort of teared up. What about deaf people? Do they compete in the Paralympics? Um, no, nope. I, I don't think so because it's not a. Um, it, it's not. Yeah, a, you still not, swim as fast. You wouldn't need to. Yeah. Now, Australia had a deaf female swimmer who was very good. I can't uh, remember yeah. who it was. Um. I mean, I'd ask a genuine question, but there, people, it was terrible whether people with dwarfism compete. Um, and the reason I ask that is, do you know that the, the world record holders in powerlifting are um, people with dwarfism? Oh, really? Yeah, that doesn't surprise, that doesn't surprise me. In, in the strong. bench press, because they're very strong, and <coughs> illegal bench press is when you extend your arms. So the fact that they... Extremely strong, and it's ratio of weight to um, the lift. So they, they're they're not as heavy as the heavier power lifters, but they lift big weights. Okay, interesting. Uh, Good okay. on them. Yeah. yeah and I, do, do you know the do you know the shortest person to compete at the Olympics has been in the last sixty years? Me, <laughs> Oscar Pistorius. Oh, really? Oh. Oh, well, when you take his legs, legs away, yeah, okay, all... yeah. So I saw an amazing story uh, on that where the, there was at one stage there was a runner who had the um, the artificial legs and was not allowed to race in a normal. Well, when I say normal, you know what I mean in a um, uh, non Paralympic event because they said that in the end the 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 wear and tear that normally happens to muscles doesn't happen to those legs, and it was an unfair advantage, believe it or not. Oh, those blades are bloody good. I mean, yeah. he's not allowed to have them in. He's not allowed to have them in prison. He'd bounce straight over the fence. <laughs> yes, but he's got one. <laughs> oh, stop it! <laughs> what a, an Olympic medal! <laughs> no, he's got he's got one. He's just got one of those blades through his other leg that he oh, lost. Oh, you don't, <laughs> Brian. Mind you, that leg's faster than his other leg, so he's going round in circles at the moment. Oh. Poor old bird. <laughs> Thank yeah, you, Brian. Had a, had a dog like that one. Now, finally, yeah. I've got a bone to pick with yep. you. Because mm. because during the week, very sad. Yep. Very sad. Tom yep. Tom T. Hall passed away last week. Oh, yes. The age of eighty five well, with a broken heart. And you know and you know what he died of? <laughs> what? Watermelon wine. <laughs> no. No, he died he, some somebody bloody caught him. Trying to get kids with old dogs and wouldn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, sad, sad passing. We did uh, we did talk a lot about Tom T. Hall last week, and at the age of eighty five this week, he actually passed away, which is very sad. And so, so if we talk about them, they'll die. Oh, no, is that, what, is that what you're telling me? No, I'm not. No. Um, uh, also, lost. Oh, let's let's start a let's start <laughs> let's start a very serious discussion mm. about a couple of female singers, Celine <laughs> Dion. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> <laughs> 
She doesn't make it into the chart this week. She wasn't around having hits in the chart. We got Don Everly's the other one I wanted to mention who passed away during the week. Um, sad to see him yeah. go at eighty three. They were t- the Everly brothers were bloody brilliant. Brilliant, they were great, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, who did they play for? Yeah, <laughs> yes, uh, each other. Uh, Don and <laughs> Phil. They were, they were terrific. Oh, really good. So Don passed away this week at the age of 83. Um, and uh, I don't know whether you blokes are a fan. I've saw, I have haven't seen a lot of this man's work, but I've just noticed on social media the outpouring of uh, Sean Locke, the uh, uh, English comedian. Yeah. I've watched him oh, on 8 so out of 10, 8 out of 10 Cats, which is the, the one of the most bizarre and funny and amusing and different quiz-type ensemble shows I've ever seen, and he's one of the captains on it, and he's hysterically funny on that. I've not seen him on anything else, but um, he was a relative. He was only 52 or something, and he passed away during the week, so that's really? a sad one. But that's a really, really good oh, show. Very intelligent as well. Yeah. What a yeah. sad passing that one. Yeah. That's a great little show, that 8 out of 10 cat show. That, <laughs> It's it's, it's a, very British. These sort of they're not really quiz shows, but they're they're celebrity vehicles based around the quiz concept. Yeah, very British, and they're very good at it. Yeah, they know they do it really well. And it doesn't matter a tinker's castle who wins; it's a totally irrelevant. It's just uh, all the stuff that goes on around it. But there actually is in the middle of it a really intelligent quiz show going on. If you wanted to tap into that, I, I, I find it really um, when yeah, I watch and, it. And, and, Oh, I agree. And it doesn't work in Australia, of course, that those same concepts, because when they do them, they put Peter Hellier on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and I'm telling you, there's a couple of new shows that are bounding around on television at the moment that I'm sorry, they're just not – the 100 with Andy Lee is not cutting it for me. Um, no. That that doesn't work. Uh, the now and then thing with my mate Sean, uh, Shane Jacobson – is not really doing it for me, and um, and Will Anderson's got one called Question Everything. I think it's called. Yeah. Um, wow. I watched the first ten minutes of that and uh, felt like I'd passed out onto the other side. Well, Dan <laughs> Andrews Andrew yeah, said sorry. the other day he's obviously a bit of a fan of uh, a particular show because it was he came on the on the, the TV and he said we're getting very close to tipping point. And I looked at the time; it was about twelve thirty, and I thought he's right. Tipping Point comes on at 3 o'clock on Channel 9 every day, Monday to Friday. Yep. Not a bad little show if you like stupid shows. I like Tipping Point. Yeah, I don't know why I do, but it's, it's not bad, is it? But, um, well, Dan Andrews, he loves it. It's the, it's my the my, mum, my mum loves it. She watches it every, every time it's on. I'm sort of, when that finishes Tipping Point, I'm expecting the next show to be a giant claw trying to pick like motor cars, <laughs> yes. motor cars and stuff. Chocolates. <laughs> yeah, you've got your chocolate factory. Yeah, my, my, my wife, every time we go to the pub in Inverloch to have uh, to have lunch or dinner or something, we'll finish up at that claw thing put, putting oodles and oodles of bloody coins in that machine that leans across with the claw thing and tries to pick up, uh, you know, two-cent versions of a Mars bar or something that I, you know, and you finish up, you spend 40 bucks in the bloody machine and get about $1.50's worth of chocolates. True story, 100% true story. We went to somewhere in Phillip Island many years ago with two other families and we're all, you know, the parents were all having a feed and a drink and the kids were playing in the amusement section. Next thing, all the kids run up, quick, quick, quick. Now, I can't remember the name of this kid. He got he climbed into the machine. 
He got in through the outdoor and was in there amongst the toys and lollies, um, which was all well and good, except the other kids kept putting coins in and was starting to pester him with the claw. <laughs> <laughs> and he did not want to come out. Uh, <laughs> I've never heard of that before. That's that's novel. <laughs> they should do a TV show with the clowns and the ping pong balls down their throat. That'd be all right. There you go. I used to love oh, but that. They do that in Thailand. They just, they just, oh, yeah, right. A version, a version of. Yeah, okay. It's on after 9.30 at night, apparently. Um, no, they should do. They should do a television show of the monkey races. Did you? Did you used to do the monkey? Oh. I loved the monkey races. Oh, I loved it, I, mate. I was when it was a genuine race, and you threw the ball rather yep. than hoses with water pistols. Oh no, the water pistols was, is crap. I was a dead set pro. Oh, me too. Yeah, you know, because everybody would throw it and look where their ball went. You don't do that. You nah. just you just concentrate on the ball. Yeah. And one year I left the show with like a giant giraffe and a whatever, whatever, and I thought this is the best thing ever. <laughs> Let me tell you, they are filled with Chinese newspapers and toxic foam, as I would find out. Yes. Yes. I know. They're very cheap. Very cheap. But the the sense of achievement when you won, one of the big ones was like, you know, come on. I'm the king of the the show. I owned – Do you you remember the one with horses? With? With horses. They had all the different – Famous horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, everyone's a winner on the cup. Everyone's a winner. <laughs> yes. Just waiting for another runner. And the bloke would do the call as as it went through. And, you, and yeah. uh, nine times out of ten, you didn't actually know the name of your horse, and he was calling at the end. You go, come on, come on. That was good. Yeah, yeah Leilani, Gala Supreme, Black yep. Knight. Yep, yep. All right, let's get to our chart, boys. We're at 1980, September 1980. Now, there's a couple of classic one-hit wonders in this. There's some most unusual songs and there's some good songs and there's some crap. What did you make of it, Finey? Well, I'm going to start with my crap number three. Yeah. Oh, so easy. You make it so easy for me, Olivia. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot tell you how much I hate it. Still hate and will forever hate the song Xanadu. Right. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know. Again, all I can think of is Doggy Doo. So maybe I've got it on the mind. But Olivia Newton John, put her behind a microphone and you've really got an Aussie Saloon D on for me. Bump out. Well, so that's my mm. third worst one. My yeah. third best one. Yes. I reckon it's a great track. It's been redone with many dance mixes. Funky Town by Lip Sync is an absolute ripper. I mean, people know the song. Um, there's a great remix by uh, uh, sort of a tech house, uh, sort of a house, not band, but sort of gathering called Soul Wax, which is people should look this up if they like dance music. It's called New York Excuse. Lips, New York excuse lips, and it's funky town with a bit of a, a, a mashup. But I really like that song, so that's my third best. Did you like the uh, pseudo echo version of the song when it came yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was excellent. Yeah, I no, thought, really good. I thought they did a really um, good version of it. But I don't think you can muck up that song. I think it's a really sort of cool, fun song. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. I'll jump in next and go with my third because I'm agreeing with you, except I'm making it a double banger, Olivia Newton-John, at my number three because uh, she also sneaks magic in there at Xanadu's number five and Magic's number six. I've, uh, I've bundled them together and done it as a double shot there at, um, of Olivia at number three with Xanadu and Magic. And my number three, good, um, is one of the one of the one-hit wonders I talked about, which I, I don't know, I still like. When it comes on the radio, I must admit I turn it up because I like it. Echo Beach by Martha and the Muffins, which, uh, what? For goodness sake. What? Echo Friggin' Beach. Well, it's just... Uh, a, Everyone's got to have their little kind of three-minute pop song that uh, there's no reason, no rhyme to it, no whatever, that you just like hearing on the radio, and that's one, for some reason, I just like hearing on the radio. All right? Okay? Uh, Nothing wrong with Echo Beach, 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 Beach. Far away in time, Finey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Righto, Mr Mannix. I know you only got a very late look at the chart because you hadn't checked your phone and it didn't come through or whatever, but give me your... It's blurry me. as. Yeah, it it's is blurry. so blurry. Xanadu looks like Kakadu to me. Is my life. <laughs> 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 I'd love her to sing Kakadu. Well, she could. Um, no, number 17, this is the worst, Echo Beach. Oh, no, it is my, not. No, it is. My job is very boring. I'm an office clerk. Why are we playing that song? Nobody is an office clerk anymore. The job doesn't even exist. Well, this um, is 1980. Now, there were office clerks in 1980. But oh. we still play it today. I'm sick of it. No, I, I reckon it's a shit song, and I don't even know why it was a hit in the first place. Well, because did you just not sing it? You just yeah. You just sang it, didn't you? Yeah. Well, that's why it was a hit because it instantly goes in your head. People remember it and they, and they you know, want to hear it again. They, they go and Look, buy it. Anything, if it gets played enough on the radio, will become a hit. It no, doesn't necessarily mean it's a good song. No, I, no, I will take you to task on that. There, we, we used, there were songs we used to play on the radio and we play them a lot and they stiffed. There, there are things that don't sell. People will just go, nah, nah, sorry, not going to buy that crap. I don't reckon Age of Reason would have been a hit if it wasn't for the radio airplay or if anybody else had done it. It was a pretty shit do reckon that? Do you reckon that hit would have been as big if they went with their original name, Martha and the Crumpets? <laughs> <laughs> good point, Finey. Right. Now, my good song yeah, is number eight, my old mate James Freud and the radio stars is Modern Girl. Good yep. song. Yeah, it is a good song. What's the film? Who else was in the Radio Stars, Brian? Can you remember? Roger Mason. Oh, okay. Uh, well, he turned, yeah. Uh, Tom Hosey played drums. Um, Mick Craig played bass, and I can't remember who played guitar. Okay. Peter somebody. Okay. There you go. Yeah. I had a look at the okay. clip, had a look at the clip last night, uh, and I didn't I didn't recognise anybody, but it's you know 1980, so there you go. All right, number two, Mister Fine. What have you got for us in the uh, the crapola version? Okay, in the crapola version, because it's, it's sort of um, a bit fuzzy, I think it's called the last outpost. What <laughs> was that doing at number oh, one? It's called Life at the Outpost. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, first of all, I saw the film clip. Oh. Those people in the film clip are not the band. <laughs> oh, no. you think? <laughs> so the band decided to do this sort of takeoff of the village people the song is a rip-off of the village people. The characters in it, at first I thought they were footballers, and I thought, how did this get to number one? Is this like a, is this like an end-of-year review for an NRL team or something? 
Well, if that's an NRL team, they certainly enjoy the scrum. Um, <laughs> that song, first of all, it's terrible, but it's disturbing. Oh, that's, you know, yeah. anyhow. Yeah, and, I, and I agree. You know, you know, they say there's nothing wrong with it. This has got nothing got to do with sexuality. There's everything wrong with that song <laughs> and the film clip. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Moustaches in places that just shouldn't ever be. Um, <laughs> now, number two, good. What a great song this is. I used to go to Macy's, which was on Turak Road, became the saloon bar. Yeah. When I was 16 years old and I could sneak in because the, in those days there weren't security at the door. There was no QR check-in. There was no thought of, you know, sort of suicide bombers. It was just. That young bloke, that those blokes are under age. They need to have a drink. They let them in. <laughs> and I used to go and see the flowers and oh, can't yes. help myself. I still enjoy listening to it. What a great song. Before they became Ice House, they were the flowers and they were they're bloody brilliant, that song. Yep. Yep. I agree 100%. My number two as well. Really like that song. Really good song. Um, actually, I wasn't a huge Ice House fan. Were you a huge Ice House fan, Fonny? No, no, because the Great Southern Land really put me off. Yeah. Yeah, I, I used to go and see them for a reason because we like going out and having a, you know, having a bit of a sneaky beer and trying to, you know. I remember, <laughs> you know what I remember mm-hmm. most famously about going out underage? Nice. Thinking, you know that there are clubs that are, are over 28 clubs. I used to think, that must be full of dead people. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm 16. I'd never, ever go to an over-28 club, even when I'm 50. Come with God, was I wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah, well, I've got uh, Flowers at number two for me too. I really like a good song. Uh, And I I wasn't a – not a huge Ice House fan, but really like Flowers. Do like some of the Ice House stuff. And my number two bad – God, there's a lot to choose from. (laughs) But i got to say, after listening to it last night, there's there's really obvious ones, but – Shandy by Kiss. Oh. And I, you know, I, there's some Kiss songs I really like. Um, sure Knows Something is probably my favourite Kiss song. But Shandy by Kiss, which is uh, Shandy, The Night Must Last Us Forever. It's a song about trying to break up with a girl. All he had to do was play her this song and she would have been gone, gone, finished. It is just, it's awful. It's it's this most syrupy Horrible, bloody attempt at uh, being some sort of um, power ballad uh, that just didn't work. It just uh, a shandy with the flattest head I've ever seen. That that one. Uh, so that's my number two in the bad, Mister Mannix. Um, gee, it's really hard to read this stuff. Um, yeah, it's uh, oh, where is it? It's Pat Benatar. No, oh. and and it's We Live for Love. Number fourteen. And- Number 14, is it? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, anything by Pat Benatar, I can't stand. All the cover bands as female singers. They just played them to death. And so that's my worst one. And my good one is down near the bottom. I can't quite see it. Mm-hmm. Ashes to Ashes David by Bowie. David Bowie. Great number th- number 36. Yeah. Yes. Can't say Ashes to Ashes is one of my favourite Bowie songs. No, I love it. Mm, okay. All right, funny. What have you got All to right. uh, so number one? Number three, bad. It's funny because I hated Xanadu, but there's actually a song in this that I hated even more. Mm-hmm. And that's 
Fame by Irene Cara. Oh. Um, first of all, Fame, I'm going to live forever. No, I doubt it. <laughs> um, and your Fame, Irene Cara. Now, I don't know what Irene Cara is doing now. She may be dead. Um, she may work for the tramways board. I don't know. But <laughs> everything she said in that song was a lie. But, of course, that song played every 15 minutes on rotation by nauseating radio stations. So <laughs> she had her 15 minutes of fame on rotation, I guess. Um, now, there's a lot of songs in the best that didn't make it, but I, I just want to mention, with apologies to the following, mm-hmm. turning Japanese, any song about masturbating, I don't care how often they deny it, <laughs> is a great song. No, I don't, they never denied that that's what it was about, did they? I don't even know what happened to the basis. I mean, they only had one song. What oh. was the flip side? The handkerchief. <laughs> um, <laughs> Rock and Roll High School, brilliant by the Ramones. Not brilliant, but a, a good fun song. I love Clones by Alice Cooper. Yeah, yeah. good one. Oh, okay. Great song. Um, then Emotional Rescue, I actually thought I really liked it, but then I listened to it, and it's not bad, but it's a bit lazy because it seems to be on – Eternal Loop, that song. Um, Ashes to Ashes, a good song. Funk to Funky. Mm-hmm. Pity that he sold Major Tom down as a junkie. I mean, that's a bit of a sad yeah, ending. That, that, yeah, no, not, not, not needed, not necessary. I like yeah. that. Can't, I mean, say, can't yeah. say something nice about someone. Don't say anything. Correct. You know, he's a junkie, but, you know. Well, well, you don't know what David Bowie was. Um, yeah, correct. But. This is my favourite song here. This is a really interesting song because for about 15 years, every now and then I'd have a little bit of this song go through my head and I, I didn't even know if I'd made it up or not or if it was a real song. I couldn't find out what the song was until I had the services of the internet and all those things you can use to find out what a song is. And I finally found it out. One Hit Wonder mm. by a band called The Corgis. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's called, um, what is it, Everybody's Got to Learn Sometime? Or, yep, yep. Um, it's been covered by a lot of bands. There's a really good version by Queen when they've got a singer called Zucchero with them. Oh, so okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Freddie Mercury. Um, I don't know if you like the song, but it's sort of got a lot of 80s feel about it, but it's um, – I think people would don't know who the Corgis are, but I bet you people listening to that song are going, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know. You know the song. The song got played really heavily. Yeah. A really haunting yeah. song. I When I looked at yeah. the list, the chart list, I couldn't work out. I thought, yeah, I know the song really well. And I thought, now, do I like it or do I not like it? And my initial reaction was I didn't like it. And then I actually sat and listened to it. And I thought, no, you yeah. know what? That's actually really good. Yeah, it's good. I need your loving. Now, it's a bit off-putting because the lead thing looks a bit like a, um, a pin-up, you know, a sort of bloke that would have his photo with a police station, not allowed to hang around playground. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. Really weird-looking dude, but a good song. Yeah, no, it is, it is a good song. It is a good song. It's one of those ones where at the time playing it on the radio, it was such a handbrake song to have, you know, the, the momentum yeah, of the program because it's a really slow yep. song. Um, and it's really stark. It's only, you know, got uh, very little instrumentation in it, basically just held together by his voice as much as anything else. But when you listen back to it, not in your radio kind of sensibilities, it's a really good song. Good song. 
Yeah. Righto, Brian, do you want to go with your number uh, or do you want me to go first? You can go first. I can go first, can I? Okay, because that gives yep. you the opportunity to put shit on what I do. Is that what it is? No, no I, mm. could, I really am struggling to read this today. It's so no, it small is, and blurry. It is. It if is, it really is really blurry, you should take it to Bartolo. <laughs> 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 He'll be able to read it straight up. <laughs> you won't be a problem. Uh, there's some really uh, – you mentioned the uh, sort of different and eclectic songs in this chart. There really are some stra- – like Life at the Outpost is really strange. My number one bad one, though – and, and this falls right at the feet of television. This uh, this is Channel 7 owns this like there's no tomorrow because in 1980 we had the Moscow Olympic Games and yeah. uh, this song by uh, Genghis Khan uh, called Moscow was actually released a year before. It was released, at, at the, I think, about the middle of 1979 and went boom, hit the deck. No one ever heard about it. No one ever – no no one cared. And then in 1980, when all the hoo-ha was going on about the Moscow Olympics, Channel 7, someone at Channel 7, don't know who, uh, found it and decided to turn it into the theme song for the Olympics and for the Olympic coverage that Channel 7 were doing. So it uh, it turned into a massive, massive hit. In this chart, it was number two. But uh, thanks to Channel 7, we had to put up with that god-awful Moscow song for almost oh, three or four months there in 1980 when they were just flogging the bejesus out of it. So that wins my number one bad. And my number one good, and I have a lot of sort of quasi-apologies here. I actually really like Downhearted by Australian Crawl, which is down the bottom <coughs> of this chart. Um, I really like the romantics, what I like about you. Um, yeah, that's good. I really like Farnham's version of Help because I thought he did it differently and did uh, did something different with it. But song that I just once I hear it, I can't get it out of my head. Is um, Leo Sayers more than I can say? So that I'm given as yeah, number one. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I was going to go for that too. You're right. You hear it once and it just sticks in your head. Yep. I just, um, I he's got so many great songs. Oh, Leo. yeah, and he just he sings. Uh, and I I know when we talked about him, and I know there's been a lot of stories about it um, that. They were talking at one stage of him being Sheryl, uh, Sheryl's replacement in a, in a you know a revamped version of Skyhooks. Um, yeah. And I watched the film clip of more than I can say last night, and uh, all through the whole thing, I thought Sheryl would have sung this really well, but Leo yeah. absolutely nails it. Yeah, Sheryl and Leo have got very similar voices. Yeah, it's an old cricket song which I didn't know, written by two of the members of Buddy Holly's old band. Get out of here! Yeah, it was a it was a semi sort of hit for. Um, for Bobby V, I think, back in the late 50s, maybe early 60s, and Leo apparently, the story I was reading last night was he was looking around for a, a cover version of it uh, to do on the album because there was there weren't any hits on this album that it was, I can't even remember what it was called now, um, and he uh, he came across this song and the Bobby V version, he thought, oh, I'll do that. So um, that's how it finished up on that album. But that's, uh, yeah, all right, well, we... we we agree on something at last today, Brian, Grumpy Guts. We Phoenix. do indeed. And my worst one, and <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, mainly because I could find it, um, is Long John Baldry. Hey. You've lost that loving feeling. Well, good. I'm glad you lost that loving feeling. I didn't like it at all. I don't particularly like the song, and Long John Baldry kind of gives me the shit. So Why does Long, Long John, John Baldry, Baldry give you the shits? I think in the clip. He's like a big, massive Frankenstein-type guy. Well, he's about and six I think foot the girl, eight. The girl was about five foot one. Kathy McDonald. And they just didn't look like a couple. They looked like 
you know, if they got together, he'd break her hips or something. Oh, it was gosh. no, it was almost obscene the size of him to the size of her. Yeah, all right, they're, they're awful size. So, hey, Kevin. Yeah, I do you like remember it. Bobby Bob, Bob Baldry? Bob Baldry. Yeah, played for Victoria in Sheffield Shield. Bob Baldry, Baldry. What what are you? Yeah, I reckon. Early seventies, and he always wore a Terry Cowling cap. Nice. Baldry, the name Baldry doesn't ring a bell with me with cricketers. Bob Baldry. Bob Baldry. Uh, I reckon he might have been from your club, Footscray, too. Okay. Sort of right. top order batsman, bowled a bit, used to bat with Alan Siler. Did okay. they call him Long John? <laughs> they should have. Well, well funny, funny you should mention that. Um, because he was, he, he had that sort of reputation. Oh, oh, oh right then. He was a pirate. Um, I like Long John Baldry. Long John Baldry was responsible for the early days. He was in uh, the bands with Fleetwood and uh, bands with um, John McVie and bands with Elton John and uh, in Bluesology. So he's uh, he, he got some really good songs, Long John Baldry. No. Now, there, there is one song we should have mentioned, mm. only because mm. it had a great comment on YouTube underneath it. Yeah. Oh. The song was, It's Hard to Be Humble. Oh, the Mac. comment was, the comment was, whoever wrote this was a genius. How did they know to write a song about me before I was born? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. Mac Davis, he's a songwriter. Yeah. It's, it's actually it's on my list of ones to talk about. It, tell you another one that was in there, I was, and I'm – I'll admit I'm surprised that you didn't bring this song up, finally, because I thought this would be a song that you would like, and I thought, Brian, you might have been on this one too, When I'm With You by Sparks. Yeah, I don't mind that. Yeah, not bad. There was, you know, before B-52s became repulsively commercial and unbearable, Private Idaho was probably their last decent offering. Manic song, wasn't it? Really manic, manic. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I liked, I, I liked it. Like, a song like Planet Claire, I thought was really. Oh, I love Planet Claire. Yeah, out there when I was young, but of course, by the time they did Love Shacky, um, which the magic cool. was gone. <laughs> you know, I mean, to write a song about Josh Shacky. Yeah, exactly. Good. The Love Shacky. Yeah, very good. <laughs> uh, I, I, I want to mention awful songs that didn't make it onto my list. Take good care of my baby by Smokey. Honestly. Um, an old, yes. an old Carol King song that just they they murdered. Um, there was a thing on it called "Together We Are Beautiful" by someone called Fern Kinney. Fern Kinney sounds like something you buy at Bunnings in the in the garden department. Um, yeah, Fern Fern was apparently in a in a sort of disco-y type band. "Together We Are Beautiful" was the number one song in the UK. It stiffed in America, and she's American. And just a bloody awful song. Um, and one I thought might have got a mention too was Kate Bush's Babushka. Oh, oh that was shit. Remember the film clip though? She had like shells for um, the bra top. That's right. And it looked like one of the shells was going to fall off and every week it had come on countdown. You'd sit there watching, hoping it would slip off with a fear of boob. <laughs> of course, it never did, but uh, we, we waited with anticipation. You're so shallow. Yeah, I mean. And obvious. Yeah, you know, you know, whenever I, you know that babushka doll, you know those what those babushka dolls. They the ones that you you take. Oh, the been... Russian, yeah, there's one inside the other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, Eddie Maguire has a football idea about everything. He's going to cure the nineteenth team. He's going to cure no crowd at the MCG. You know, 
his thought bubbles always make the front page. So about five years ago, he came up with the idea of building right next to the MCG an identical replica of the MCG, but with a 50,000 capacity. Now, I don't know why. But then no. I said, why don't you build one with a 25,000 capacity next to that and a 12,500 capacity <laughs> next to that, and you could store them like a Bushka doll in the off-suit. <laughs> you could put all the MCGs into the other MCG. Why didn't that take off? Yeah, well, you know why it didn't take off. Because <laughs> uh, Eddie didn't approve it? No, 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 because in the end, good headlines, and Jeff Kennett and Eddie both proved this, are just that. They are just headlines. Yep. I mean, you know, yep. amazing. amazing that Jeff Kennett sacked Alistair Clarkson and Eddie Maguire thinks it's a good idea to have 100,000 at the MCG for the grand final, as long as everybody signs in. Mm. Well, yes. Mm. Now let me yeah. go through. Let me go through the albums and sing the top five albums. The top five albums were number five was the Boys Light Up for the Crawl. Number four was Can't Stop the Music, the soundtrack. Number three Is was that some village people. Uh, no, the, yeah, the soundtrack of the movie. Yep. Um, yep. Number three was Back in Black by ACDC. Number two was no, East. That's brilliant. It's a good top What's five. What's the next one after Back in Black? Uh, East. Oh yeah, good album. Chisel and wow. the number one album was uh, Xanadu. The movie soundtrack, oh, or, or as it's going to be You're known kidding. in twenty twenty one, Kakadu. Um, Kakadu, and the top ten. Xanadu on top of Back in Black and East, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, and your mate Fame. Can I something really interesting. It was number seven. Yeah, this is super interesting. I've been watching the Little League World Series. For some reason, guess we're in lockdown. Yeah, in America, they're kids aged between ten and twelve. And they took a survey and asked the kids what their favourite food was, what their favourite movie is, and what their favourite bands are. This is this year. Do you know what uh, their favourite music was? They surveyed about 600 kids. Drake and ACDC. Oh, really? ACDC? Wow. ACDC. Now, for 10 and 12-year-olds in America, they love it still. There you go. Good. Yeah. Timeless stuff. Absolutely timeless. Yeah, one kid said Xanadu, and apparently he's no longer welcome. <laughs> yes, he's actually playing in the Little League at Kakadu. Uh, number 10 uh, in the singles yeah. was Funky Town by Lips Incorporated. Nine was Modern Girl, James Freud and the Radio Stars. Eight was Private Idaho for the B-52. Seven was More Than I Can Say, Leo Say. Six, Magic Olivia. Five, Xanadu Olivia. Four, What I Like About You, The Romantics. Three was Upside Down by Diana Ross. Two was Moscow, Genghis Khan, and number one was Life at the Outpost by the Scat Brothers. Scat Brothers. Scat Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's oh. the new name of our podcast. <laughs> the Scat, Scat Brothers. Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Rock and Roll, a.k.a. the Scat Brothers, formerly known as Rock and Roll. There you go. The Scat Brothers. All right, boys, good, good oh. luck. Have a, have, a, have a wonderful weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Brian, may the best team win. That team's Thank mine. Thank you, Jeff. Good luck. Good luck for the next week. Carnest, Jeff. Carnest, Donald. All right. Get brothers. All right. See you next week, boys. Bye-bye. Bye. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. 